good morning once again. Good morning to you who are joining us online. I know there are quite a number of people. I want to thank my son-in-law, Chris, once again. Uh, I think he did an awesome job last week. I don't like that. That he did an awesome job. I, I mean, I'd like a mediocre job, I think. Makes me feel more comfortable in my position. <laughs> no, I'm glad that, uh, that he did such a great job. So this morning, we begin a brand new series called Life Hacks. So let me explain to you first what a hack is, because that can mean different things to different people. Back in the old days, it really only had one meaning, and that was to chop something off. You hacked it off. And it was kind of a rough, there was no finesse involved in it. You'd hack down a tree or hack a limb off the tree. In war situations, they would talk about doing meatball surgery and hacking an arm off or a leg off or something. It was kind of rough and and gruff. But then as the technology age came along, hack began to mean something else. Initially, it was, I think, pretty much always a bad thing. You know, we talk about someone hacking into your computer. It meant... Someone gained unauthorized access to, to your stuff, and they're going to hack your Facebook account or your Twitter account and pretend to be you, or worse, get into your bank account. But then there's also another kind of technological side to hack, which is a good one, and, and, and that's when you hear programmers, uh, coders, saying, I've got a hack. You know, I've found a way, a, a shortcut. I can eliminate a bunch of lines of, of coding and, and get where I want to go without having to do all this stuff, or gamers. I remember my kids always on about getting to the big boss. I don't know, maybe that's an old-time thing, but they always had to get to the big boss in the game. And if they could get a hack that would take them through a few levels, that was a great thing. Never did understand the concept of playing a game and then seeking a shortcut so that you don't have to play the game. But there you go. Modern days... um, you know, in, in, in uh, social, what's the word I'm looking for here? Socio-psychological? No, that's, that's not it. That's, that's not it. Modern days, sociologists talk about life hacks. And these are, you, you know, you see these ads, do this one thing. They never tell you what this one thing is. They want you to click on the one thing because it's spam and it's going to fill your computer up with junk. But do this one thing. This, this one life hack will help you do this, will help you do that. And, it, and it's kind of a, a shortcut from a sociological perspective. Here, you can make your life better by just doing this one little thing, tweaking this one thing. Now, while I'm not 100% on board with uh, shortcuts to a better living. I'm sure there are some that, that maybe work. From a spiritual perspective, I do believe that God has given us in his word all the life hacks that we need to live life to the fullest. Now, the cool thing about this is as you go through God's word, you know, it tells you right in God's word, there's nothing new under the sun. All the life hacks that you hear psychologists and sociologists talk about uh, have already been given to us. God gave them to us years ago. And if, if you really want to improve your life, go back to the book, go back to the owner's manual, and you'll find all of the life hacks that you need to live a wonderful life, a good life. So over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to go and take a look at some of these life hacks. Now, let me tell you what inspired me to do this, this series. Um, I like to read, I like to research, and, and a few 
A couple of months ago, I was doing, I can't remember what it was now, uh, one sermon, and I was doing some, some research, and I came across a short excerpt by a book by Max Licato. And I don't even remember what the excerpt was, but it was like one or two sentences, and it was so profound, I thought, man, that's good. That was a life hack right there. And I thought, man, I'm going to get this book. And the book was called uh, How Happiness Happens. Interesting title. And I like this subject matter of happiness. I've been researching happiness for a long time. It's interesting to, to see what makes people happy. It's important in my job to know what makes people happy. And, and it's, it's a really great study. And, and, and as I was reading what, what Max Licato had, had written, I thought, I'm going to get that book. And I got the book, and then I started listening to some of the sermons that he preached on this. And as I discovered, I discovered what Max Licato has discovered, that everything we need to be happy, just as I said, all the life hacks we need to bring happiness to in our lives have already been prescribed by the master physician. Sometimes we just need to get back to them. They kind of get forgotten, especially in days like this where there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of strain, a lot of people are uptight and angry and worried. Sometimes you just kind of got to get back to basics, and that's what this Life Hacks is all about. So to kick this off, I'll loop back to that in a minute. To kick this off, I want to tell you about Johnny Barnes. Johnny Barnes was a native Bermudan, ordinary guy. Well, maybe not so much. He dedicated the last 30 or so years of his life to one particular mission, to make people happy. So let me tell you a bit about Johnny. Ordinary guy. He was married to his wife for around 67 years. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? He, he lived to be 93 years old, passed away in 2016. He was an electrician by trade. He worked for the Bermuda Railroad until it closed in 1948. When the railroad closed, he became a bus driver. And Johnny had been raised by his mom to talk to everybody who came, you came in contact with. And her words to him was, you never know when you're going to need them. You never know when you're going to need help, so be friendly to everybody, talk to everybody. So he was raised with this perspective. So while he was driving his bus, Johnny would love to just wave at people from the bus. Hi, hi, how you doing? And, and it, people kind of, wow, that's, that's cool. And then in 1986, I guess he must have retired. He's about 63 years old. He took up position on a roundabout. You know what a roundabout is, right? Yeah, good. We have them all over Europe. He took up position on a roundabout in Hamilton, Bermuda, simply to wave at people. And tell people that he loved them, tell people that God loved them, blow kisses to them, wish them a great day. And it became such a thing that, that people would change their commute to work to go to the roundabout where Johnny was. And he would be there, rain or shine, for 30-something years. His goal? He'd get there at 4 a.m. in the morning, just a little before 4 a.m., and leave at 10 a.m. Six hours every day for the whole morning commute on this roundabout, waving to people, telling them how much he loves them, telling them Jesus loves them, have a great day, blowing kisses to people. Sometimes he'd catch a kiss and cast it off in another direction. His goal, simply to make people happy. It became such a thing that they, they did documentaries about this guy. 
He's in the Bermuda tourist guide, back when he was alive, of things to see in Bermuda. Go see Johnny. He's at the, he's at the roundabout. Go see Johnny. He was a subject of at least two documentaries. He was so well-known and so well-liked that they erected a statue of him. They called him Mr. Happy Man. And if for some reason he didn't show up, people would call the authorities. Where's Johnny? Where's Mr. Happy Man? They'd call the radio station. What happened to Mr. Happy Man? And one lady I was reading, she, she said she's on her way to work, and every day she had to go past this roundabout with Mr. Happy Man on it. She said she was in a bad mood on that morning. You know, sometimes when you're in a bad mood, you want to hold on to your bad mood. Anyone? No? Yeah, I see nodding heads. It's like, don't you be stealing my bad mood. I, I earned this. I'm going to hold on to it. And she said she's driving to work, and she thought, I'm not going to make eye contact with him because I want to stay mad. And she got to the roundabout, and he caught her eye. She caught his eye. He smiled at her. She smiled back, and another bad attitude bit the dust. Wouldn't you like to know someone like Johnny Barnes? Be like Johnny Barnes? When was the last time that you just felt so incredibly bubbly happy that you just wanted to pass it on to other people? How you doing? Jesus loves you. I love you. How's your day going? Blowing kisses to people. And, and remember, this is Bermuda. Bermuda's a British colony. We don't show emotions against the law. But they erected a statue to this guy. He didn't discover a cure for cancer. He never worked for a Fortune 500 company. He didn't break any records, sporting records. He, he didn't do anything that we would think of as significant to what normally would be reported on. All he did was make people happy. And they put a statue up. Wouldn't you like to have a statue of yourself after you're gone? I would. Maybe I'm a little egocentric. Oh, that's Mike. He was a pretty happy guy. I don't think they'd say that about me, but <clears throat> he made people happy. His philosophy, this is his own words. He said, we human beings got to learn how to love one another. One of the greatest joys that can come to an individual is when you're doing something and helping others. He said, I enjoy making people happy. I like to let them know that life is sweet that it is good to be alive. Life hack number one, you want your life to be better? Go out of your way to make someone happy. Life hack number one, be intentional about it. He was intentional. He got up in the morning. He'd be there at four o'clock in the morning. Stay there for six hours, rain or shine. Now, if you really want to get serious about improving your life, I have a challenge for you this morning. It's a biggie. Make 100 someones happy. In fact, I'm going to twist it up a little bit more here. Do it in 40 days. Set a goal to make 100 people happy in 40 days. Now, if you want to take the challenge... I'm going to add even another little twist to this. Go the extra mile. It's easy to make somebody smile. Just be polite and people will smile. Say good morning, people will smile. Go the extra mile. I'm not talking about just make somebody smile. Make somebody happy so that at the end of the day, when they're thinking back on their day, they think about the encounter that they had with you 
and it puts another smile on their face. Like, oh, yeah, that was good. Oh, look at your faces. <laughs> you can do this. You can do this. You might not feel like you can do this right now. You might not even feel like you want to do this right now. But you can do this. You can spread joy to your neighborhood. You can spread joy to, to your workplace. You can spread joy to your school. You can spread joy wherever you are. Do you remember when you were a kid and the ice cream truck would come down the road? You hear the sound of the ice cream truck. How did that make you feel? Happy, right? That was, a hap- that was the happy truck. Everybody liked the sound of the ice cream truck. I remember on our street, there were two. Mr. Softy, which I think you had over here, right? No? Okay. And uh, Demela's. Demela's was, I think it's Demela's. If my sisters are watching, they're going, that's not how you say it. And he was an old-fashioned ice cream man. In fact, he had a bell. He would come down the street, stick his hand out, and ring the bell. Ding, ling, 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 ling. Oh, the ice cream man's here. And kids would just kind of ooze out of everywhere to go to the ice cream man. And, and this guy, he had the old-fashioned hard ice cream, you know. My mom used to get it, and she'd have uh, what we call clotted cream. Doesn't sound very appetizing. Yeah, <laughs> It's good. It's so sweet. And she'd have the cream on top of the ice cream. And if if things were right, if mom and dad were in a good mood and uh, money was there, we'd all get an ice cream with a flake in it. Anyone know what a flake is? It's like a chocolate bar that breaks apart. And it, Oh, man, it's good. And a little bit later, Mr. Softy would come with his tune, and the kids would all come out again. And everybody liked the ice cream man. The ice cream man brought... Happiness, right? I'm offering you the keys to the ice cream truck. I'm offering you the keys to the ice cream truck. You can be Mr. Happy Man, Mr. Happy Lady. You can spread joy when when you walk in the room. You want people to, to, to look at you and think, oh, wow, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Things are better when you're here. I'm not sure what you're laughing at, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Something to do with Miss Happy Lady, I think. <laughs> Did I say Mr. Happy Lady? Hey. <laughs> now, apart from that, you might think that I'm crazy. You might be thinking, you know, Maybe once upon a time, Pastor Mike, I'd be up for that. But right now, life's kind of tough. 40 people, 100 people, 40 days. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm up for that right now. Maybe once upon a time, but right now my job is horrible. It's just sucking the life out of me. Or my health is is not good or the health of my parents is not good, and I'm dealing with that situation. Or I've got a relationship that's just not working out well, and things are not going good. And, and I'd like to be Mr. Happy Man, Miss Happy Lady. But I don't have it right now. Let me tell you something. You can. You can do this. Jesus was serious about happiness and living better. 
Jesus himself said that one of the reasons he came is that we would have life to the full. Maximum life. Jesus, this, this is one of the reasons that I came. Not just to save you, but to make your life here better. You can have life to the full. And that's what this life hacks thing is all about. He didn't just come to save us. He came to reclaim us, to change us. He came to change the way we think. He came to change the way we speak, that, that we wouldn't use our, our tongue to cuss people. We would use our tongue to bless people. That we wouldn't think of evil, that we would think of good. That we would behave in a different manner. He came to save us, and he came to change us. And when you invited Jesus Christ into your life, he came into your life. He filled you with his Holy Spirit so that you would have the power and the strength to live the way that he's called you to live. And he is serious about happiness. He is serious about joy. He is serious about your happiness and your joy. He wants the absolute best for you right now, regardless of the circumstances that you might find yourself in. That's his plan for your life. Psalm 68, 3. It says, but may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sometimes it slips away from us, doesn't it? Life gets a little bit gray. And it's easy to forget who we are and whose we are. Ecclesiastes 2.26 says, To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Ecclesiastes 3.12, I know there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Psalms 86.4, give me happiness, O Lord, for I give myself to you. Part of this, this whole life hacks thing, you know, I was thinking about people hacking into your computer, is allowing the Holy Spirit to hack into our lives. And make the tweaks and make the changes that need to be made. Maybe hack off those things that that create unhappiness in us and, and in the people around us. Trusting that God's way is the only way to find true happiness. We are children of the living God. That's who we are. We are children of the Lord. We bear his name, Christian. That means to be like Christ. And Jesus was serious about happiness. He made people happy. You can read all through the Bible. You can read the Gospels over and over. You'll never find a passage of Scripture where Jesus was described as a sourpuss or grumpy or miserable. He got angry sometimes, justifiably. He was sad sometimes. But he took time to eat with people, all people. You see him eating with, with tax collectors, sinners. You see him eating with the, with the church officials. You want to have a meal with Jesus? He's, he's coming. You want to hold a party? Jesus will be there and you'll stay. He won't leave halfway through. He would talk to people. He would heal people. He cared about people. He cared about their spiritual, physical, and emotional well-being. Bible says that he was gentle in spirit, humble and forgiven. It says his burden is light and easy. He always had time for people, all people. He liked to make people happy. And I believe we need happiness these days probably more than any time in our lives. 
And he wants to bring some happiness into our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our homes. And he has recruited some couriers of happiness. Guess who they are? You and me. We're called to be couriers of God's love, couriers of happiness, couriers of joy. There was a passage of Scripture where Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Well, what does salt do? Salt improves the flavor of something, right? You put salt on food to to bring the flavor of the food food out. My wife is a saltaholic. I mean, not so much. But that's what salt does. Something else that salt does is it preserves. It's interesting. Jesus didn't say you will become the salt of the earth. He said you are the salt of the earth. This is who you are. You're here to make it better, to add flavor to it. To preserve those good things, those things that are right. In the same passage of Scripture, he also said, you are the light of the world. Sometimes we think of Jesus as the light of the world, but Jesus said, you are the light of the world, each and every one of you. When you enter a room, light enters with you because you are light. When you go to work, light goes with you because you are light. Sometimes the light's not burning so bright though, right? And we need to tweak things. We need some of these these life hacks to kind of turn up the amperage, turn up the wattage a little bit. Get that light burning. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the earth. (laughs) You ever driven behind a cattle truck? We drove up to, uh, last year we drove to Colorado and we had to go through, what's that place in the panhandle? Now, further on than that. Dalhart, you know the place. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I think Dalhart has got to be a center of the cattle industry. You get behind one of those cattle trucks, you can get past it, but there's another one in front of it. And you're winding up your windows, I mean... It's filled with cattle and what cattle do. (laughs) It stinks. You never see children running out to greet the cattle truck, do you? They run out to see the ice cream truck, but they don't run out to see the cattle truck. Now, here's the truth, and I'm just going to be nice about this. Some people are driving the cattle truck in life. It's true, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very blunt and honest with you. Sometimes when I'm in the store and I see some people, I go down the other aisle. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to them. Because whatever's, you know, you, you just know that they're driving the cattle truck in life and they're just waiting for someone that they can dump on with all that cattle stuff that bulls secrete. We need the keys to the ice cream truck. And if you're driving the cattle truck, I'm offering you the opportunity to trade keys. The question is, will you accept the challenge? 100 happy people in 40 days. And if... You're not driving the cattle truck. Maybe you're already a happy person. Well, then the challenge is for you anyway. To be intentional. 100 happy people, 100 happy moments 
in 40 days. Now, I'm a little bit ahead of you. I've been planning this for a while. So let me tell you something. It's not easy. It is not easy. Trying to make people happy intentionally. So the other week, where were we? Oh, I was getting a COVID test. And um, the guy that was doing the test, there had been some delay. It was at CVS or something, and the normal person that does it wasn't there. And he didn't get in till like 10 o'clock, and there was cars lined up from 8 o'clock. And you can imagine, you know, everybody's grumpy, everybody's miserable. So I'm thinking, 100 happy people, this is my man. So both Sandra and I are going in there for tests, and we're sitting there, and I am trying my hardest to break the, uh, how would you describe that atmosphere? <laughs> it was not pleasant. <clears throat> and I'm trying my hardest. I'm trying to have conversation with this guy. And, you know, thank you for doing this. I know it was hard today. You got here late, and there were people lined up. They were lined up outside of their cars, and he's doing the tests in the doorway instead of doing it properly. And I, and I could see the frustration on his plate. But he did not want to engage in conversation. And afterwards, Sandra said to me, what, what, was, what were you doing? I said, I'm happy. <laughs> she said, well, you just need to leave the guy alone. <laughs> he wasn't up for it. Like, well, why, why are you doing this? And I, and I tried. It's funny. I, I told her, I said, well, we're going to be doing this, this thing called 100 Happy People. It's how I'm going to kick off this life hacks. And, and I want to get started. And she said, right away, I thought you were being nice to people. <laughs> but when you get intentional, it changes. So, it, it's, so I, was, I wasn't making much headway. And then I found... In Kroger, a little memo pad with 40 pages. So, 100 happy people, 40 days, 40 pages. Thank you, God. This is from you. And, and you, all of a sudden, there's a little bit of intentionality. So I get the book, and I'm at the cash register. And the lady in front of me, little lady, really looks like she's dressed for church. And the... the Girl at the checkout starts chatting with her, and, and this is early last Sunday. It's like 6.30 or 7 in the morning. And she starts chatting with her and says, oh, have you been to church today? And she said, yeah, I've been to church. I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting, early in the morning. And, she, and, the, and the cashier lady was bemoaning the fact that she wasn't able to go to church. Well, I'm on mission. So when it's my turn, I get there and I say, man, so you, you weren't able to go to church. No, not able to go to church. Do you normally get to go to church? And we started talking. She told me about her church, Our Lady of Faith Church, and she goes to Mass typically at 6 o'clock in the morning every day. Just saying. <laughs> but because she had to work, she couldn't go. And then, you know, I'm telling her, well, I'm a pastor and I'm going on vacation and um, and, we, and we just got chatting. And as I left there, I was walking away. And I noticed I was smiling, which I try not to do. <laughs> but I was smiling, and I was happy. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I was trying my hardest to make her happy, 
and now I'm happy. Now, I didn't count it, because I don't count it as an extra mile moment. It was nice, but I didn't write it in my, my memo. But it, it, it was just so interesting. I thought, okay, two things I realize. This is going to be a lot harder than I thought it was, and it's going to be a lot more rewarding than I thought it was. It's just a case of being intentional and doing it. All right, let's get back to these um, life hacks. If you accept the challenge, at the end of it, there will be 101 happy people. 100 people you touched, but the happiest people out of all of those people will be you. You'll feel different. So let me ask you a question. Will you join me in this challenge? We're not starting today. Okay? Because I knew the response I was going to get. It starts next Sunday. And here's why it starts next Sunday. It's going to take most of you a week to get rid of the grump you're already in. (laughs) So start praying about it. And start asking God what he wants to do in you and through you and to you in this. Will you pray about it? That's a little better. Will you pray about it? Okay, we're we're, we're getting there. So we'll start next week. So you've got a week to pray. Now, you might feel that you're not up to this challenge. So here's how we're going to do this, how we're going to help one another. And this is where the life hacks comes in. Jesus knew when he came down here to live how difficult it would be. You read the Gospels. I mean, Jesus is being attacked and ridiculed and all the time there are people following him around just with the sole intent of making his life miserable. So he knows what it's like for us. He walked in our shoes. He suffered hurt, disappointment, humiliation. He was tempted in every way. He knows how difficult this life is. So he gave us three very important things. And I talked about this two weeks ago. He gave us the Holy Spirit. When you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, he says yes. When you ask him to come into your life and change you, he says yes. He deposits the Holy Spirit in you. When you asked him, every single person was given the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Spirit is to direct, to guide, to remind you, to show you the way. He gave us his instruction manual, the Word. Powered by the Holy Spirit, you can see in his Word. How does this apply to me? And then the third thing he gave us is one another. He gave us a church. We were never meant to do this alone. Now here's where we circle back to the life hacks. The problem is... In order for us to be happy, we are dependent on other people. And that was God's plan. Let me explain this. And I'm going to get real and very honest here, okay? As much as I want to believe that my happiness is completely in my control, I don't get to control all my circumstances. That's a reality. I can't control other people. I can maybe influence other people, but I can't control them. And honestly, I sometimes have difficulty controlling my own responses to life circumstances and other people. 
That's simply the truth. And regardless of my attitude and regardless of my desire to consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of all kinds, even though the power of the Holy Spirit is in me, giving me power and strength to live the way that Jesus Christ asked me to live, to, to rise above the circumstances, regardless of all of that, if, if I'm up here on stage and I'm preaching and somebody jumps up, comes up here with a hammer and bangs it on my toe, I'll guarantee you it is going to affect my happiness. It's going to affect my happiness today. It's going to affect my happiness tomorrow as I'm limping around with a bruised, swollen, and possibly broken toe. It's going to affect my emotional well-being because every time I'm up here, I'm going to be thinking, oh, I wonder if somebody's going to jump up and hit me on the toe with a hammer. And I'm going to be wondering why. Why, why did they do that? Do they not like me? Did I say something wrong? There are all kinds of things, right? Now, that's kind of a silly example, but, but that's life, isn't it? Stuff happens that you don't have any control over. Things happen that you don't have any control over. People do things that you don't have any control over. And the Bible, you know, tells us to rise above those things. But the reality is, that's not so easy. But Jesus knew this. That's why he gave us the instruction manual, the owner's manual. And in it, he put a whole bunch of things that we call the one another's. Because we have to live here with one another, don't we? Those are the life hacks. If we're going to be salt, if we're going to be light, we have to learn to live with one another. In a manner that is attractive to those who are observing us, that are not part of our community. Because if this group of one another's can't live with one another, we have absolutely no chance of impacting all the one another's out there. And Jesus knew this. So he gave us this list, this life hacks. Now most of these one another's were written by Paul. Jesus spoke some of them. There are over 50 of them in the New Testament. But you can kind of condense them down to around 9 or 10, which is perfect, because I want this to go from now to Easter, which is about 10 weeks away, and we've got men's retreat and some other things. So here's a list of them. Encourage one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Now, some of you are salivating at that one. Admonish one like that. Wait till we get there. Value one another, serve one another, bear with one another, pray for one another, forgive one another, love one another. And I might throw an extra one in there. We'll see. And that'll take us to Easter. These are our life hacks. Implementing them into our lives will give us everything we need to meet the happiness challenge. When we start living these things. Did I tell you about my great uncle Ebenezer? He is one smart guy. He told me that when the angels came and announced, they announced good news of great joy. Not bad news of great duty, which is often how we view it. Good news of great joy. Your happiness matters to God. Do you know that 
The scriptures have more than 2,700 passages that contain words like joy, happiness, gladness, merriment, pleasure, celebration, cheer, laughter, delight, jubilation, feasting, blessing, and exultation. 2,700 passages of scripture that have that in there. Let me tell you something. Your joy matters to God. Let me say it again. Life hack number one. Happiness is not found in what you get. It's found in what you give. If you want to be happy, go out of your way to make someone happy. That's the key to happiness. How do I know that? Jesus said so. Acts 20.35 says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, who doesn't want to live a life that God blesses? Anyone? I think we're all up for a life that God blesses. Well, the life God blesses is informed by his word, empowered by his Holy Spirit, and enacted by his people. The one another's together. Take the 100 happy people challenge. I offer it up to you. It's going to be hard, but it will be worth it. And if you decide to do it, get yourself a little journal. Write it down. I'm going to talk to our tech people and see if there's some kind of social media platform where we can share happy moments, which is making them sad right now. And then live it. This is not about you being fake or someone that you're not. This is who you were created to be. This is who God has called you to be. This is an ask, seek, and knock moment. Ask, and it will be given. God, would you give me opportunity to make someone happy? And then seek it. Don't sit, you know, God, send someone to me. Ask God to open the door for you. Knock, and the door will be open. Seek the opportunity. Ask for the opportunity. God wants to give you opportunities to make happy moments because he wants you to be happy. Let me close with this. This is all about each one another being who Christ has called us to be. 100 happy moments will lead to one happy you. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just give you thanks because you care for us so much. You care for our spiritual well-being. You care for our physical well-being. You care for our emotional well-being. Father, your word is filled with with, with the fact that when we are in you and you are in us and we are living the way that you've called us to live, that is the greatest advertisement that there is for Christianity. It is attractive. Christianity was designed to be attractive. So, Father, this is not about simply being happy. This is about being the people that you've called us to be so that we can bring light and salt into other people's lives and have light and salt in our lives. Father, I believe that this is a prayer you will answer because I believe this is something that you want. Your word tells us. 
And Father, right now, I'm asking that you would just prompt each and every person here, those that are watching online, to take the challenge, to not be afraid of the challenge, and to commit to the challenge. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mr. Hector Leal is going to come up and uh, share some announcements with you. Something's changed. Awesome, guys. Thank you, Pastor Mike. You know, it's funny that uh, it's all about transformation, life change. Uh, but not only just spiritually, but also physically. If you look around, there's a lot of things happening here at Lakeway. New uh, stairs, covered up the old stairs. What's going on? Well, find out next Sunday, uh, January 23rd at 1230. We're going to have our annual business meeting. And we're going to talk about the transformation that's going to occur physically, not only in the sanctuary, but on the stage and the plans that we have as far as the carpet for the entire hallway and how we're going to do a little makeup or uplift in this church, but uh, encourage you to be here. So January 23rd, immediately after service at 1230, we have our annual budget meeting. And what this means is that uh, this gives the opportunity for those that are members of Lakeway to attend and participate in the annual budget. And we actually vote for not only the budget going into 2022, but also for the nominated trustees. Now, if you're interested to come, we ask you and we invite you, encourage you to be a part of this meeting. We're going to talk about some of the changes and some of the things that we've done last year and some of the uh, things that we're going to plan on doing 2022 and uh, also to give you an update to what's happening here as far as Lakeway, New Carpet, etc. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Last two years, am I lying? It only took us maybe less than an hour. Uh, it's a quick meeting. But at the same time, it's an opportunity to give you uh, opportunity to ask questions, et cetera. And then uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing this year is uh, go back to our town hall meetings. So we'll be, after this budget meeting for the next uh, couple of times throughout the year, we're going to give you a little town hall update of what's happening with the church and any other issues. Um, with that, men, men's retreat, April 1st through the 3rd. Uh, don't be a fool and miss it. That has to be a quote from Lynn Moore. I don't know where he's at. But guys, let me share something with you. This is going to be like our 20th year that I participated in Lakeway Men's Ministry uh, Retreat. And we've had over 84 men at one time attended a retreat that Lakeway hosted. And uh, we've had as few as maybe 40. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, all those folks that we've invited in the past... Uh, we actually had a couple that we drug out there because they didn't know what to expect. But every one of those men that went and were not really wanting to go came back saying, I couldn't imagine not attending. So let me share something with you. For the last 20 years, I know I can come back and tell you that God set something in my heart to say I could be a better man, a better husband. And I committed to just one thing because it is a transformation. It doesn't happen overnight. And through the accountability of not only my wife, but all those brothers that went with me to those retreats, I can look back and say, hey, I have changed 20 years ago to what I am today. So I encourage you to be a part of something special. If you have any questions, please ask Lynn Moore, ask myself, ask Bob Chesney, ask uh, Randy. And uh, what an exciting weekend. 
we're only going to charge $115. That includes two nights stay at a resort. <laughs> it's going to be uh, Lake, Lake Park. Uh, what is it? Fort Parker State Park. But I'm going to tell you, it's air conditioned. It actually has uh, concrete floors. It's nice. It really is one of the better facilities that we've had. And uh, just to encourage you to be a, something, a part of something special. Guys, throughout the years, one of the things that we have not done is allow finances hold anybody back. If there's a scholarship that's needed or anything of that nature, please see Lynn Moore or myself. We'll make a way. God make a way. And uh, ladies, just continue to pray for this event. Uh, it's paid for. There's a lot of planning to be done, but we encourage you to be a part of something special because it has created life change in many men that I've seen in the last 20 years, including myself, and continues to help me. Um, last thing I want to talk about is benevolence needs. Guys, it's getting colder. Uh, chili and soup, all non-perishable if you can keep it in a can, etc. Donations can be dropped off here at the, uh, at the church office starting tomorrow. And... Uh, Lord, just allow us to just help those in need. With that said, let me go ahead and close this. Let's close the people that are out there listening, and we'll send you off. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for this hand. I thank you for all of those that are watching and uh, this home that we call church, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I just ask that you protect each and every one of us that are here and those that are watching and just allow us to be the, the people that you called us to be. And, Lord... Uh, let us pray over the next week that we encourage others to be um, and see what you've done for us and allow us to be the light in those uh, areas in our lives that uh, can just shadow who you are. Lord, I thank you, and uh, I just thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. you're dismissed, guys. Thank you.